This morning, it's my privilege to be sharing with you uh, the second uh, in our series that we're doing on healthy relationships. And just in my thinking about relationships and building with relationships, it's been such a privilege for us to, to over, over the years, be being able to speak into people's lives uh, in the area of relationships. And often, it'll be in the aspect of romantic relationships or uh, where you're looking at as a guy, how do I operate in, uh, if I'm wanting to build a relationship with a girl and vice versa. And we are, we are seeking in this relationship series to speak with you and share with you principles that are that can that will help you in those areas relationship series uh, for many years on campus we we've done um, relationship series and it's it's helping young people young adults in how to walk but relationships are the most precious aspect of our lives it's the connections that the net that holds us together that God is using users to, to minister to us and to bless us. And, um, and so I want to just put up, first of all, a scripture that, um, that Jacques shared last week, and it just speaks, it captures so much uh, healthy relationships. And 1 John 4, verse 11 and 12 in the Passions translation says, Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor, but if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us. And we make our permanent home in him, and his love is brought to its full expression in us. And, and this, this scripture just captures so much the dynamics of relationship. We love because he loved us first. And the, the incredible treasure of, of his love, the, the well, the reservoir of his love, and loving one another should be our way of life. But I don't know about you, but sometimes loving one another, being our way of life, the way we operate, the way we connect with one another does not always look like love. Is that true, Klingi, in your home? Sometimes it's like in our homes is... Do you really love one another the way you're relating, the way we're talking to one another? And, and I'm wanting us to, to explore a little bit what are the things that impact how we love one another? How do we keep our God connections? And there was, uh, there's, we, we are using this tool, the one-to-one, as a, a tool in our connect groups at the moment. And I want to really encourage you, if you have not 
linked in to a connect group yet, I want to invite you to contact Bubs and to say, please, how can I get connected into a connect group? Because it's where we do relationships, where we can build and grow with one another. And, and the one-to-one, we are, we are working through with the first chapter is, um, is about God, a new understanding. And uh, God is love. And under, it's, it's speaking, one of the aspects of God is God is love. And it's, it says here, and again, um, Jacques spoke this last week, but it was just so much, it, it's so powerful. The Bible views love as the sacrificial desire to place the well-being of another above one's own. The well-being of another above one's own. That is, it's a sacrificial desire. Love can be defined as a passionate desire to be relationally intimate with one another, committed to do what is best for them. Love is at the core of all healthy relationships, and God desires to express his love to us and through us to others. And if we look at this, this captures so many of the different aspects of love here. It's a sacrificial desire. It's where we are laying down what we want to place the well-being of another above our own. And, and thinking of this, it's a desire to be relationally intimate with another. And for you to think, how can I apply this into my different relationships? Is it, can I apply this into my work relationships? Can I apply this into, uh, into a relationship between a, a, a teacher and a pupil? or a, 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 a lecturer and a student. And saying here, a desire to be relationally intimate with one another. What is that meaning? Does it only mean that it becomes, moves towards being, um, uh, intimacy is only related to a, a, a passionate or a romantic desire? No, it's not. But that relational intimacy is where you can have relationship with people, where you can share to higher levels of communication, where there can be deep sharing, you can share your thoughts and opinions. And God is wanting that we be able to walk in relationship like that in these, in these areas. And, but it starts with God communicating and expressing his love to us. And we were, I, I, I want to just share a little bit our, our story, Jacques and my story, and our relating, um, and, and it, is, it is as we were walking. So Jacques and I were, we were friends at Varsity, but we started out by connecting just because we were going to, well, we were friends in the same friend group with, uh, with we had mutual friends. And so we were, we were 
friends because we were friends of others. And we were connecting uh, just sort of, hello, how are you? And, and then we, we started, we were in connect groups, etc. We started going, well, we were going to the same church. And so we had similar, uh, we were starting to similar values. Similar, we were going to similar spaces, going to prayer meetings, going to Bible school. We were attending Bible school. And you chat together and you connect. And that is a good place to find and to grow with and to build with people who have got similar uh, values to you. And we were friends. We, we start, we, in our friendship group, we would start, we did things like going for ice creams together. We went on hikes together. We enjoyed similar things with one another. And, and we had a friendship level of relationship. And then over some time, I noticed this tall guy. He stood out substantially from, from the others, not just because he was tall, but because I saw in him, I had, I had been speaking with, with the Lord about what kind of guy would I feel that I could connect with. And I wanted someone who loved God passionately, who loved God more than me and was strong and committed in his relationship with God. And that was one of my first things of my heart, of my heart desires and that, that I was praying to the Lord for. And I was noticing him and I was watching him and I was praying and saying, Lord, when is he going to notice me? When are we going to... When are we going to, when is something going to happen? Because I felt like, and I knew, I needed to wait and allow God to speak to him. As, as, uh, uh, as the guy, I felt like it's, I wanted to be pursued as the lady. And there was, uh, and I'm not telling the story in, in fullness at all, but there came a time where, Jacques came to speak to me, and God highlighted me to him. And it happened to be after I had let go and said, I am going to stop trying to control this relationship, stop trying to shift him from being a friend to being more than a friend. And I had to let go of that, trying to take control, trying to make things happen. Because maybe I was afraid. Maybe I was afraid that I wouldn't have a relationship, that there wouldn't be someone who would love me. And when, I sur and when I surrendered that desire and surrendered to God and said, God, I trust you that you are going to bring the right person into my life in the right time. And it was in that week or those 10 days that Jacques started, hey, God circling me to him. More than we had a multitude of, he had a multitude of lady friends. I had a multitude of guy friends. 
circling him. And it was as I surrendered that to him. And I believe that there was a something in the spirit realm that shifted there, that enabled God to start working now because I wasn't trying to make things happen so hard. And, and then in, he came to speak to me and said, said, what, what are you, is there anything that you are feeling? And I, as I say, I'm not giving the full story. This is not my whole um, message. But, and, and I laughed and I, I, say, I invited him, go on, because I wanted to hear from him rather than me sharing. And anyway, at the end of that discussion, at the end of that time together, we had agreed that we were feeling like God was moving our relationship from, from one place, and he asked me, shall we go out? Would you like to go out with me? Go be boyfriend and girlfriend, or whatever the language is now. Um, and, and I said yes. I said, let's pray, and I said yes. And the next day, he put a note we didn't have cell phones. We couldn't write, mess, uh, send SMS or WhatsApps or emojis or whatever. We didn't have that thing. He wrote a, a message to me. I'm trying to, did you give me? In my pigeonhole, but did you give me roses? Not yet. <laughs> Not then. I was trying to remember last night, and I was like, I might get into trouble if I can't remember these details. But he wrote me a little note, and I was in residence, and we had pigeonholes. So they were little blocks where you could put messages to the person to collect when they came back from lectures or whatever. And he put a message in my pigeonhole, a, a little written message. And I was so excited to get a message from him. And I, I can't remember the full, uh, all of what he said, it wasn't a long message. But at the end, he said, I love you. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's very nice. But my response to him was, what do you mean you love me? I mean, we've only, you only asked me to go out with you last night. What do you mean you love me? How can you love me? so quickly <laughs> and for him it was a real like whoa that's what you're meant to do when you go out you know when you're 11 you tell people you tell your girl I love you what do you mean you love me do you mean you love me like you love your cat do you love me like you love peanut butter <laughs> what do you mean you love me so I was like, what do you mean you love me? And he was so taken aback. He was like, I don't know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, I love you. And so we started to, and he said, well, I think that's what I meant to tell you, that I love you. And so we were, we went on a thing of what, what does love mean? What does it mean, I love you? And at that time in his people church, we had a magazine called the Amen magazine 
that various of our of the people in our church would write articles or print out an article and there was an article in that about the four kinds of love and we were like golly we had never heard of that before and that helped us so much with being able to define and say this is where our relationship is and there, and there are different other relationships that are, or different names. There are some that others give for different kinds of love. But these are, there are four kinds of love that are described in, in Greek. In English, we have one word for love. It is love. Love the cat, love peanut butter, love your husband, love your work, etc. But in Greek, there are at least four different kinds of love that are related to relationships. And I wanted to, I want to just go through them with you because it helps within a romantic or a, that uh, romantic kind of love. Um, but also I wanted, I, I was like, I don't want us just to package this within the romantic kind of love um, between and a girl and a guy. But in our, all our relationships, we have um, these kinds of love are demonstrated. And the first one is agape love. Agape love. And agape love is the God kind of love. The agape love is the kind of love where God loves us even though we don't love him back. It is the kind of love where God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that, so that we might have life. And it's the kind of love we, we have that 1 John 4 verse 11, 12 that I put up earlier that, that we spoke. Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of love, life. That agape love is the love that enables us to love um, in the hospital. When, when Rebecca's in the hospital and she is seeing a patient, she doesn't know the patient. She, she doesn't have any relationship. There is no um, reason why she should love, show love to that person except that God loves her. And she knows that God loves that person. And so she can give agape love. And Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've wooed you with loving kindness. And Romans 8 um, speaks about how his love, that nothing can separate us from his love. And that kind of agape love. And then, but then as we get to know people, we can have a filia love. And that love is a friendship kind of love. Filia and phileo. You get philanthropic societies. That the, the words that come from, from this, this word. And it's friendship. It is a friendship kind of love. And, and we can have friends around us, friends here at church, where you know one another, you have common interests, um, you, 
you, you share life together, but it's a friendship kind of love. And you can call on one another, but it is not, it's not like family, which is the third kind of love, the storge kind of love. And in Romans 12 verse 10, it says, love one another with brotherly affection. So I'm just, don't, don't worry to go there, um, Lysander, but love one another with a brotherly affection. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. And, and storge is like a family kind of love. And you know when something goes wrong, uh, Zanele, I, I don't know how you feel, whether you would find this. When stuff is happening in your life and things are going wrong, you feel that the people you can most call on are your family. And, and I have thought about it as like, why do we have that? Where, where sometimes we maybe don't even know our family as well. But there's this thing of family. There's a tie and a connection. And it's that storge kind of love. And, and so within... Our relationship with Jacques and I coming back to um, girl and guy relationships, we realized that we, were, we had moved by saying that we were going out. We, were, we had moved from a phileo where we were friends to a storge kind of love where it's like brotherly affection. It's like being family. And I'll unpack a little bit more what that looks like. And so then we were in that space of storge kind of love until the time when we got married, when we said, I do. And eros is the fourth kind of love, eros kind of love which is erotic. It's the way word, the place we get the word erotic from. And it is the, the passionate sexual kind of love that is spoken about and described in a book in the Bible. There is a whole book in the Bible that is related to relationships and love and describes Eros, and it's called the Song of Solomon. And it captures, the Song of Solomon book, captures God's passionate love for us, but it also describes and is a picture of the love of a man with a maiden who is married. Not, not married. <laughs> um, and so Eros, and so when we... Because, uh, said I do, we came to a place of experiencing and walking in the level of relationship that Eros brought and gave us that freedom. And I, I, put, this, I put these kind of loves, uh, these four loves on a, what I call a relational timeline, relationship timeline, if we are looking within the romantic kind of love relationship. 
And, and so, if I, can, if I can describe, explain it to you like this, it's that when we're in a romantic or we are looking to build some form of romantic relationship, we start with people in a place of agape, and I'm, I hope that you're able to read it. We start in a place and relate a love kind of relationship that is agape. And then over time, as we get closer to one another, uh, we, we build connection, we build relationship, we become friends, we are friends. And then over time, we, hey, there's a connection here and it becomes storge. Now, and then uh, over that time, we grow closer and closer and our commitment with one another grows and we move to becoming uh, to the point where we say, I do. And we, we get married. But these these levels or stages of, our, of a relationship, they're not boxed, they're not fixed. It's like on a continuum. And so you can have a relationship with someone at work where you would say, well, it's, an, it's in between the agape stage and the philia stage. You're not friends, you're not relating in a friendship kind of way. But your levels of sharing and communication, there's respect, the way you speak with one another, um, there is commitment to one another in, in, in building the business, etc. And it could well be, it, it would be in that area. And I've put underneath the timeline the some of the things that are affected by the kind of relationship that you are in and, and where you're at in your relationship. So I want to submit to you that if you are married and you are, you have, well, you've said I do and you are living, your reality is the eros stage of your relationship, then all the other parts of love, kinds of love, you should be walking in all the different kinds of love. You should be best friends. You should have a close brotherly affection for one another and be relating to one another like family, like there's a connection, how you would relate within family. And they should be Eros, they should be passionate, sexual, uh, erotic love and expression in your marriage. But if we now, in different stages of our relationship, if you are just a friend and you pull in the physical affection that is meant to stay in eros, in the I do stage of a relationship, and you take that level of physical affection and you operate in that when you are just friends. You're going to 
affect your relationship. That is not appropriate. It's not healthy. And sometimes, and, and that is an example, uh, well, the, a big example that people, people look to is in the area of physical um, and where it should be in the different stages. Uh, but so many of us get that so wrong. If you are a work colleague and, and the person forces eros on you, what is it? It's rape. It is destruction. It causes such destruction. And, and I'm starting with that because I'm and giving you how that is, it causes such destruction. But in the different areas, there, there are different aspects to our lives as to how these levels of relationship need to be kept within their different stages. So the boundaries, our boundaries of, of how much um, of of our, our space, our time, and, and where someone is visiting. It's not really appropriate for someone who is our work colleague to come and, um, and be at our, at our table where we are a family unless we've built that level of relationship that we are wanting to pull them closer and take our relationship as a work colleague to being much closer in our lives and being in that familial relationship kind of place. Um, there's boundaries. The kind of sharing, the amount of sharing that we share with someone when we are friends is different to the level of sharing, the level of information and amount of information you give when we are friends that is different to when we are um, married. But there are many people who are just friends but they are sharing, they as maybe a girl and a guy, but they are sharing information, they are sharing aspects of their lives when they are just friends that are not appropriate for that level. And it creates an imbalance. It creates a lack of healthy connection and relationship. How much time we spend with one another. So with Jacques and I, our, our relationship, when, when I say that we went to a level of storge relationship, it was such that we said, okay, physically, you know, when you are friends, you might clap someone on the back, you might give a hug, but it's an A-frame hug, you know, like this, where you bend, you don't touch. Um, you might give a high five or whatever as friends. But when you are a family member, when I'm relating to my daughter or to my mom, I would give them a close hug. I could give, I would give them a kiss goodnight. But I wouldn't give 
my, my mum or my dad a deep kiss, would I? Ah, that's just not appropriate. Okay? Do you see how the stages of relationship work? But there are many people who are relating and they're at this level. They're not married, but they're giving inappropriate physical affection to one another and it causes unhealthy relationships. They're giving inappropriate levels of time, amount of time that you're spending with one another, how much responsibility you have for one another. And it creates a, an imbalance. And the timeline, why the timeline, why do I say that, that, is because it's also how long do you take in your relationship? If you are 15 and you feel that you have, that you have feelings for someone and you start going out, okay, you start going out, your boyfriend and girlfriend, so you are moving your relationship from philia to storge. But how much of your, how much time is there? How much time are you going to, is there going to be before you can say, I do? Okay, if you're 15, there's many years before you can say, I do. And so, you have got to pace yourself. If you decide that you're wanting to go out and have your relationship at the space of storge, then how much time you spend with one another, how much relational connection you have with one another, etc., needs to be less. Because the Bible says, do not awaken love until it's appropriate time. And if you start your, your if you start revving your engine, as it were, your romantic eros kind of engine, it's hard to keep it for a long time. So rather be wise and don't rev your engine too early because otherwise you're going to pull things that are in the eros stage of love. You're going to pull them into earlier and your relationship's going to go all topsy-turvy and it's going to be unhealthy. There's going to be a lot of damage and breaking. And so measuring your time. If you are 25 and you're connecting and you're this close to, okay, I'm, I can get married soon, then how quickly you move through the stages, as it were, can go faster. Do you, do I, do you get me? And so uh, just, uh, just aspects. It, things that are affected and, and can affect how we relate within these areas. And again, Post Jacques spoke these um, last week, and I'm not going to go on them, the five levels of communication. That how we speak with one another, small talk, facts, thoughts and opinions, feelings and emotions, these are going increasingly deeper levels of sharing, the kind of sharing that we do. And we can communicate in this way in, in all these different stages of relationship. When we are with work colleagues that are, we may be um, having an agape type relationship.
relationship with them, between agape and friendship, we can still share our needs. We can still share our beliefs. We can still share our strengths and weaknesses with them, but it's how you share it with them. It's what kind of language you use. It's like how much you use. But sharing these deeper levels of communication, the, the further along, as it were, the more friendship, the more um, family kind of relationship, deeper level of relationship, the hope would be that the more you're being able to share on level five. Amen? And another analogy that we use uh, often that we speak about with people with our relationships is how much weight can the relationship take? And what do I mean by that? This is in terms of building heart connections. How much weight can the relationship take? And we, we heard this analogy of a bridge a long time ago. And I've got up there a picture of two kinds of bridges. And the bridge is an illustration of your, the relationships in your life and how strong the relationships are in your life. So when you are just building a relationship with someone, you're just getting to know them. It's like you're putting a few slats of wood down from this side to that side, from me and my heart to that heart, to their hearts. I'm putting slats down. So it could be I call them and we, we share and we laugh about a movie that we've both watched together. And there's a commonality. And so it's a slat that's put down. And then you go out for ice creams together. And this could, be, um, this could be in any relationship. This could be two friends um, who play, play soccer together and then they go for ice creams together afterwards. Two, uh, a group of guys. They go for ice creams together afterwards. And Awonke realizes, oh, I haven't got any money with me at the moment. I left my wallet at home. But Simon's there. And so Simon sees that and Simon says, you know what, I'm going to buy you an ice cream because I'd, I'd like to bless you. So Simon, by doing that, he is, built, he is putting another slat in their connection and their relationship. They're building relationship. They're building a friendship. And so there's there's over some time and over some connecting, that relationship is, is growing, it's becoming stronger. The bridge is becoming stronger. And so, um, and so as, as you do that, there may come a time where there's some problem in your life and you can feel that you can call on that person, there is some relationship and you can ask them for something. But if it's, you can ask them for something, but it's a little thing. And, and then 
you would not be able to ask them for a big thing. But you've got another friend. Awonke has another friend who he's been walking with for a long time. He's been walking with for years. They've got a deep connection. They have shared a lot of heart together. And they've been there for one another in a lot of spaces. If Awonke hits an issue that is a big and deep issue, which person is he going to go to for help and to share with? The person that he's been building with for a long time. And that is like the bridge on the right. Whereas the bridge on the left is a bridge where there isn't, a, it's not that strong. And so in our relationships, we need to be consider what is the strength of the relationships we've got around us. How strong are they? Because quite often what happens is that we put too much weight on our relationships where there is not enough strength. We haven't built enough in that relationship. And we put weight on that, that bridge and it collapses. And then we feel hurt and the other person feels that they've disappointed you or let you down. And it is so sad because it doesn't need to be that way. We, can, we've, we need to use wisdom in the way that we relate to people and say, how, how is my bridge? How strong is my bridge between this person and that person? And if I'm wanting to build relationship, I need to be intentional in building with them, in connecting with them, in, in sharing with them and, and spending time, etc. And so how much weight can your relationships take? And the hope would be, our prayer would be that your marriage relationships would be a relation, would be strong enough bridges that a lorry can drive over it. You hit the issues of life in your world. Uh, uh, someone gets really sick. You lose your job. That your marriage relationship is a strong bridge. But it's not going to be a strong bridge. It's not going to be able to hold the weight of a lorry this bridge here would maybe hold the weight of a car, but there is no ways that that bridge would hold the weight of a car on the left there. And maybe your bridge was strong in time gone by, but you have been jettisoning it. You've been putting bombs on your bridge from the way you've been speaking, from the lack of honor, from the lack of sharing in a loving and a kind way, and you are bombing up your own bridge, and then a hardship comes along and your bridge is battling with how to hold up the weight of this difficulty that has come along it. And, and we wanna, I want to encourage you, build your bridge, build your heart connections, how you're connecting with one another, how you're relating, how you are um, sharing and connecting with one another. And, and if you are battling with your bridge, with your relationship, if where you are married, 
or you are, have made strong commitments to one another. We want to say, get help. Get some help from some people who can help you, who can speak into your life and can help you to build. And let's speak to God. Let him, let him show you. Because so often we bomb our own bridges because of the wounds and the pains that are in our own hearts. And God said to us, he, God has loved us so that we can love other people, so that we can build our bridges and build our bridges well. And just that we, we know that the Lord is, He is the one who brings and He gives us freedom. As we come to Him, as we allow Him to love us and to connect with us, he, he shows us, um, He shows us, He teaches us, He gives us freedom, He sets us free to be able to love. And as we draw close to Him with the veil um, removed from our faces because He has loved us, He enables us to be able to love, to be able to build our bridges, to be able to walk in that agape love, to carry that agape love through our relationships. So it's not that we stop loving one another unconditionally. It's not that we stop being friends. When we're family, we need to, he wants us to have his love, our friendship love, and to be loving in a depth of relationship that reflects the way that he loves us. And so I want to I want to just pray for us now and pray where we feel that there are broken relationships in our lives, where some of our bridges of our relationships have got holes in them, where perhaps also we have operated uh, incorrectly in the different stages of our relationships, where we have operated and it is brought uh, it's brought damage, it's brought wounding, and God is a redeemer. He is the one that can redeem and restore, and he wants to do that. That is what he's wanting to offer. So let's just be still and quiet for a moment. I invite you just to bring to him relationships that you have in your life. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, would you highlight to each person here the relationship that you are wanting to bring healing to? Where maybe you are not connecting like you want to or you used to. And Holy Spirit, I ask right now and I invite you to just listen to him and ask him, is there anything that I need to forgive? And you can just say that to yourself Say that, speak that to God right now.
I forgive this person for this. Can we ask the Lord, Lord, what do I need to ask forgiveness for? What have I done? What have I thought or said that is, that is putting bombs in my relationship with you, God, or with and with this relationship that is not working so well. Please forgive me for, and you fill in the blank for yourself. Holy Spirit we thank you that you come and you soften our hearts you come and as we ask your forgiveness as we forgive you enable us because of how you have loved us first because of the love that you have poured out in our hearts so Holy Spirit, we, we are so helpless. We are so often um, ambushed by negative emotions, by, by fears and anxieties and feelings of wanting to just um, take control and, and override and not love, not operate in love. But Holy Spirit, please help us. Please protect us and please help us to love, to walk in love, to walk in the agape, the phileo, the storge kind of loves that you have for us where it's appropriate, Lord. So we surrender our hearts to you now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. anyone would like to to come and chat privately where you've been battling or battling with relationships just invite you to do so we hope you've enjoyed this message for more information please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za and for more of our messages visit our youtube and soundcloud channels as well as other podcast platforms if you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. 
We hope to see you soon. God bless you.